Hi everybody and Kia ora. Welcome to Austroad's final webinar for 2022. In today's session, we'll present the Austroad Safety Hardware Training and Accreditation Scheme, ASHTAS. The scheme will deliver high standard and nationally consistent training outcomes for people who install and maintain road safety barriers in Australia and New Zealand. We have more than 350 people registered for today's session. Welcome to you all and thanks so much for joining us. My name's Elena Gardner. I'm the Communications Manager at Austroads. I'll be moderating today's session together with Michael Neuensteeg, Austroads Road Safety and Design Program Manager. Michael will be moderating the Q&A at the end of the webinar. So to begin with, I'd like to acknowledge the Treaty of Waitangi and Maori as the original people of New Zealand. I also acknowledge the Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the custodians of the land from which we're broadcasting today. Austroads is based in Sydney, and so today I'm on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging, and their deep and ongoing connection to the land. So a bit about Austroads, we're the collective of Australasian Transport and Traffic Agencies. That's the um, organisations that are listed on this slide. Our focus is to support our member organisations to deliver an improved road transport network. This project has been delivered under the Road Safety and Design Program, which is managed by Michael. So a little bit of housekeeping for today. Our presenters will speak for about 40 minutes and then we'll have a Q&A session that will run for about 15. The slides of today's session can be downloaded from the handout section of your sidebar. You'll find that over on the right-hand side of your screen. If you have questions for the Q&A, please use the question icon on your sidebar. If your question relates to any particular slide, please include that number um, of the slide in your message to help us answer your questions as best we can. Also do let us know if you have any technical problems, but just a quick tip, if you lose sound or if your picture freezes, that issue is most likely an issue with your internet connection. So closing your browser and rejoining the session via your email registration usually helps with that problem. We're going to record today's session and that recording will be made available on our website and we'll let you know when that's available. And if you listen to podcasts, you can find Austroads in your podcast app and this session will be in that um, stream. So today, uh, it gives me great pleasure to introduce our speakers. We have Michael Nguyen-Stee and Chris Connors-Distotis who will provide an overview of the Austroads Safety Hardware Training and Accreditation Scheme. Then Robert Tabor and Stephanie Craig will be detailing Lantra's role in ASHTAS. Jade Hogan, Austroad Safety Barrier Assessment Panel Chair, will then talk about ASBAP's role in ASHTAS. And then for a jurisdictional perspective, Evan Coulson will talk about Victoria's adoption and Jade will talk about New South Wales plan. And then Michael will come back on to give us a sort of a wrap up and a summary of today's session and then we'll throw to the, the questions. So Michael, would you like to join us and provide an overview of the scheme and what it's aiming to achieve? Yeah, thank you. Uh, hello everyone. It's my great privilege to share the exciting news with you about the launch of the new Austroad Safety Hardware Training and Accreditation Scheme. So why are we launching a training and accreditation scheme for safety barriers? The Transport Accident Commission in Victoria has created an advertisement that brings this question into sharp focus. So let's have a look at that.
Last year, safety barriers were hit more than 3,200 times. When a safety barrier is hit, it catches your vehicle like a net, slows you down and prevents you from hitting a tree or oncoming traffic, saving your life and potentially others. And I should know, because that's exactly how it saved mine. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. So, hashtags. It's a new scheme for Australia and New Zealand and will form an important part of our efforts to eliminate death and serious injury in road traffic. Among the most common crash types right across the world are those that involve a vehicle leaving its lane and colliding with oncoming traffic or running into the roadside where it might roll over or crash into fixed objects such as trees and poles. Safety barriers have been used for many decades right across the world and have saved hundreds of thousands of lives. We now have thousands of kilometres of barrier installed across New Zealand and Australia and these barriers are very busy saving lives and preventing serious injuries and they are struck thousands of times each year. As the short videos are powerfully demonstrated, barriers are exposed to extreme levels of force when they are involved in a crash. But these barriers are only effective at saving lives if they're installed and operated in accordance with their specifications. Barrier design is serious business. And as the science has improved, and as we've learned from experience, we've seen barrier designs improve so they offer better protection against injury. Barrier maintenance has also evolved over the years and our maintenance efforts are focused on repairing bar damaged barriers quickly, as well as maintaining existing systems. Many of you will be familiar with the established and successful Austroid Safety Barrier Assessment Program, which examines barrier products and deems them fit for installation in Australia, in Australia and New Zealand. Now, in partnership with Landtrust, Austroid is expanding its role in the road safety barrier ecosystem by providing assurance that barriers are correctly installed, repaired and maintained. The new Safety Hardware Training and Accreditation Scheme will provide the assurance to road authorities and the public by supporting those who are doing the critically important job of installing, repairing and maintaining our barriers. We know this scheme will save lives and that's why we're here today launching this critically important element of a safe road system. So I thank you for joining us. I'll come back at the end of the presentation to help answer any questions that you might um, wish to pose over the next 45 minutes or so. And so you can answer your questions uh, in the panel as you're um, listening uh, and you might like to uh, reference a slide number uh, to help us uh, find the right uh, person to answer your question. And now I'd like to hand over to my colleague, Chris, uh, who will take us through uh, the scheme in more detail. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, uh, Michael. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, and welcome to everyone. Um, I'm just going to give you a, an overview and a summary of the ASHTASH uh, scheme, the initiative. Um, it's fair to say that ASHTASH has been in, in a developmental stage for a number of years, uh, inclusive of industry engagement, policy development, and very importantly, development of the training material and the accreditation component that goes with it. A threshold was achieved uh, towards the end of last year when Ostroads commenced uh, the implementation aimed at effectively rolling out the ASHTAS uh, initiative to the market. And it's fair to say that 
Ashtask is now available. I wanted to just take you through what we call the Ashtask ecosystem, that is the, the players and the broad relationships before uh, our next presenter, which is Lantra, goes through the greater detail. Um, first of all, the role of Ostroads in this scheme. Uh, Ostroads' role is on behalf of its members to oversee the Ashtash initiative and to manage the relationship with Lantra in its delivery of the training and accreditation scheme along with its uh, approved training providers. Uh, a key part and effectively the reason we're doing this scheme is to um, provide an environment for individuals to become trained operatives and installers. Effectively, uh, we've, the ASH test represents uh, a, a graduated pathway for training and associated accreditation. Uh, this pathway involves the uh, understanding of uh, the fundamentals of road safety hardware installation uh, and aids in the safety of individuals working in, in the space. And then it provides what we call two modules of installer training. The first one is generic, that is general uh, installation training with respect to any road safety barrier. And then uh, module B deals specifically with specific road safety barrier types and assist and specific proprietary systems associated with that. So it's very much a graduated process that, that applies. The responsibility of road safety barrier installation service providers is to ensure that their staff and contractors undertake the appropriate training for the services that they provide. That is, in addition to the operative and the generic installer, the specific uh, road safety barrier type and proprietary systems that they specialise in. I mentioned Lantra and its approved training providers, and this is a very important dynamic because Lantra has developed the training and accreditation scheme for the installation and maintenance of road safety barriers in Australia and New Zealand. And importantly associated with that, uh, it has road, it, it has approved training providers who have the role of providing the actual training delivery in Australia and New Zealand of these Lantra developed materials. Importantly, if we have uh, viewers who are training organisations that want to be approved training providers, they need to engage with Lantra uh, on, and, and uh, ascertain the appropriateness or otherwise of this. By association, a critical dynamic in this ecosystem is obviously the road safety barrier suppliers. That is the organisations that uh, supply uh, this technology and, uh, and need to be able to ensure that it's installed properly. The road safety suppliers will continue to use the existing ASPAC process to have their proprietary road safety barrier systems considered and subject to that consideration recommended for use. There's no change to that. The only change is given ASPAP's role and the natural synergy, it will also oversee the delivery of the 
approval of uh, and recommended for use of specific training material. In other words, proprietary road safety barrier training material is a critical part of the recommended for use, which will be in addition to recommending for use the actual hardware that's presented. The important aspect for road safety barrier suppliers to appreciate and understand is that the proprietary road safety barrier training material is not a duplicate to the generic type material that is already provided. Rather, a road safety barrier supplier's aim is to provide the specific to the road safety barrier proprietary system training material that builds on and addresses the differences with the generic. We know that in some cases there may be no differences. And we know in others there might be some, but definitely not repeating the entire course. That's an overview of the uh, ASHTAS ecosystem. And I'd now like to provide directly to Lantra to flesh out the details that have been mentioned. Thank you. Um, bear with me. Um, can everyone see my screen? Yes, Stephanie, you're good. Thanks very much. Excellent. Um, so, um, thank you, Chris. Um, that's a good overview of the, the scheme. Um, my name is Stephanie Craig and I um, I work for Lantra. We're a, an awarding organisation and registered charity. Uh, we do have around 30 years experience in road safety barrier um, and I work directly with industry to ensure that our operatives and installers are installing correctly and, um, and safely, safe for them and safe for the road users. I'm just trying to move it. There we go. Um, so an overview of the roles to start with. The, the scheme currently supports three roles, the operative, the installer and the lead installer. I, I think we call it the leading hand um, in many cases. Um, we do hope to do some future work which will include inspectors and designers. Um, the Ashtas operative, um, their journey starts with um, uh, to become a member of the installation crew. So an operative is a member of the installation crew who actively installs road safety barrier, but under supervision. Um, and they will have achieved the Ashtas requirements for an operative. The Ashtas installer is um, a member of the road safety barrier crew who has um, achieved um, installer module a training um, which is generic plus a minimum of one module b training on a public domain system and or one or more proprietary systems uh, once they've completed the training they will be issued with um, a logbook an electronic logbook so um, that they can record their progress. 
Um, the road safety barrier installer may undertake the sign-off activity for the designated barrier product. So that would only be the product that they are accredited for. Um, operatives will not sign off the work. Um, a lead installer is a role that would be de determined by the employer, especially initially as this scheme um, starts out. Um, but what we would hope in the future, or what we um, envisage in the future, is that a lead installer will be experienced. So they will be maintaining their skills um, throughout their um, working life. Um, they will be renewing their skills every three years and recording um, CPD. So a leading hand must be a competent competent person and they would be responsible for signing off and handing over an installation. Um, so to become an operative, um, the individual must hold a current health and safety white card for Australia or the Construct Safe card for New Zealand. They will have also successfully achieved the Ashtas Operative Training and Assessment course, which is a one-day course. Um, and this course can be delivered remotely through e-learning, um, through um, a remote, um, um, the instructor delivering remotely um, or face-to-face. -face. So that would be something that would be agreed between the employer, the individual and the training provider. On successful achievement of um, the multi-choice test at the end of the training, an operative skills card would be issued. Um, an operative can stay an operative and renew their skills every three years, or they can then progress on to become an installer. Um, there's no time frames to that. You can go straight from operative to installer, um, providing you meet all the criteria. Um, Lantra will continue to work with Ostroads, road authorities and industry to regularly update the training course and the assessment material to ensure that it remains current uh, to industry needs. Um, the lead installer is a role that, as we I mentioned before, is determined by the employer. Um, it's not a training course, uh, but it does um, depend on the installer um, maintaining their skills and becoming um, experienced over a period of time. Oh, I went back a slide there, sorry. Um, so the installer um, must hold the ASHTAS operative training and assessment. So they've already gone through that um, part of the programme. Uh, but then they must go on to successfully achieve the ASTASH installer module training and assessment. So um, the installer training would be made up of the module A, which is the installer theory, which is delivered by the approved instructor remotely or as a classroom training. Um, then they will go on to complete a module B, which is a minimum of one public domain system, um, including variations delivered as a classroom training and assessment event. Um, they will also success successfully complete the Lantra 
online logbook which gives evidence of their competency via practical observations and verbal assessments um, and uh, that can be done direct or remote, remote with interaction with the assessor. And the assaulers must undertake, as we said before, a minimum of one Part B course. And those courses are consist of wire rope, W-beam, tri-beam, terminals of crash cushions, and rigid um, systems. We will be moving on to, do, to include temporary barrier and other um, training as necessary. Um, the proprietary system training um, will be individual mini modules. Um, which we will help develop with proprietary system owners, uh, which I'll come to later. Under ASHTAS, installers are only approved to install the systems where they have completed the training and their logbook for each system that they work on. So if they predominantly work on wire rope um, and do a bit of W-beam, then you would, you would look to be passing the criteria for the wire rope first before you moved on to any other uh, modules. Uh, and there are individual logbooks for each of the Part B training courses and assessment criteria. So at the end of the um, installer um, module A training, that's when we issue the logbook and the individuals can start collating evidence of um, practical activity. Uh, the logbook is a web-based system. Um, so the individual, the training provider and LANTRA have access to those logbooks so that we can quality assure them. The individual can work with the training provider to help them upload evidence to, um, to that logbook um, to demonstrate their competence against the prescribed criteria within that logbook. The training provider is responsible for validating the sufficiency of the evidence and that the evidence reflects the work of the individual. Um, so the individuals will have their hands held all the way um, through the process. Evidence um, will be in the form of photos, short videos, documents, and if required, witness statements. So it's very flexible. There are many ways in which evidence can be shown for the work that they're doing. Um, and the training provider will um, review the completed logbook before it's submitted to LANTRA for a final review and sign-off. So proprietary systems, the module P, uh, B courses cover the generic systems. However, um, as, I, uh, as it was explained to us before, ASBAP has current specific pro products recommended for use across different jurisdictions. And for each of these, installers will be required to undertake training and collate evidence in the logbook. And the proprietary system training will focus on the differences only to the core module B. So they anticipate that they will be mini modules and um, could be completed on the same day as um, a generic course. Um, and we um, and the full logbook um, is required for each of those systems. So so for those differences, you would need to provide evidence um, of that um, practical experience. 
So um, to enable us to um, produce this training material, there are different options. So Lantra is currently working with two proprietors, CSP and Ingle. Um, and what we will do with um, our relationship with the proprietors is give them the option of producing their own training material using the standard Lantra tem templates, um, which we will then review and approve or provide feedback. Um, and the second option, Lantra can produce the training on behalf of the proprietors, um, and that's a conversation we can have um, with directly with the proprietors to see which is the best option for them. Um, in the case of a new product going through ASBAP, it is, be, it, it is best if this training material development work is done prior to submitting to ASBAP as um, it will smooth the process. So the training providers that we're working with at the moment, we have Roading Industry Support Services Limited, Safe Systems Solutions, Earthworks Training and Assessment Services, and we are already in conversations with others as well. Um, what we what we are doing is engaging with the training providers on a fortnightly basis over Teams um, to ensure that everybody's um, ready to deliver um, and that we can um, help each other deliver the scheme to the, the best um, to the best level. Uh, Lantra and the training providers, we will be promoting the scheme on our respective websites. Um, those um, individuals or employers that come to us for training, we will um, put them in touch with the approved training providers uh, so that they can be registered on the courses. Um, the training provider approval process, it's a simple process um, that looks at the nature of the business that's um, coming to us to gain approval. We look at their instructors as assessors and their competence. Um, we have quality, um, would we be looking at the training providers quality assurance mechanisms, mechanisms that are in place um, so that um, that they are working to that um, the, the required standard um, and that they have policies and procedures and methods of operation. So we look at all that um, type of thing. Um, it is a desktop exercise, uh, but once the training provider instructors and assessors have been approved, um, they will need to undergo um, an online standardization process uh, for the training that they will be delivering. Um, so, as Chris said, it is live, um, and so we're we're really pleased that we're ready to go with this now, and that we have the training providers um, that you've seen on the slides. Um, what I would like to say is, um, the earlier that um, people start this training, the better, because. Um, it will be mandated further down the line. So we, with the achievement of operative and installer training and assessment, we es estimate that to be at one to three months. Um, and completion of the installer logbook would take a little bit longer. We estimate between six to nine months um, because it's gathering, um, uh, a set, it's a gathering practical 
um, evidence of competency, um, as I say, in a flexible way, um, but it, it's, it's something that is required for the logbook. Um, so thank you very much for listening and um, I'll hand over to Jade Hogan. Thanks, Stephanie, and good morning to everyone on the webinar. My name is Jade Hogan. I work for Transport for New South Wales, but I also chair the Austroad Safety Barrier Assessment Panel, or ASBAN, as it's been referred to. Uh, the plan for today is to give a bit of a brief overview of ASBAP more generally, but noting that most people on the webinar are probably well informed on what we do and how we do it, the main focus is really going to be illustrating the expansion of ASBAP to facilitate ASHTAS, and I guess at ground level, um, what people are interested in or what the suppliers are interested in is what it looks like or what the changes look like for a product submission. So on the screen there you can see ASBAP is a panel of experts from several state road agencies in New Zealand and we get together every three months to assess road safety barrier product submissions. So we're able to implement the duty of care requirement for the Australasian road agencies by assessing the crashworthiness and suitability of the product submissions and we do so by undertaking a technical, risk, technical and risk assessment which is in accordance with Australian New Zealand standards. 3845, which you can see on the screen. So basically what ASBAP are able to do is kind of remove the need for each jurisdiction to individually assess products and at the same time trying to support the national harmonisation of such products and devices. So as a result of the work that we already do and as Chris uh, already alluded to, there are obvious or many obvious synergies between what we are trying to achieve and what ASHTAS is trying to achieve and it made sense for us to expand in our role to support the implementation and that's mainly going to be around the receipt and assessment of the product training material. So in a minute you will see the existing ASBAP process on the screen and what I'm going to talk about is the changes that are proposed at each of those steps uh, to support the ASHTAS implementation. So upon receipt of a submission through the online portal, as we already do, the Secretariat during the documentation pre-assessment will now ensure that the submission contains the required training material or confirmation that training material is not required. So if training material is not required because it's covered through the modules A and B or whatever that reasoning might be, that needs to be clearly noted with that reason uh, or with the reason in the submission cover letter. So submissions that don't contain training material or don't mention the reasons why it's not required will not proceed to the technical pre-assessment and the submission status will be changed to rejected or incomplete, meaning that you'll need to do a whole resubmission for any future submissions. So submissions that contain all the required documentation will proceed to the technical pre-assessment stage and as per our current process, one or two of our panel members will start that uh, technical assessment process. So what that means for the ASHTAS training material is a review to ensure that it's in line with the processes that are documented within the submitted product manual and also that we consider it to be adequate to ensure consistent and accurate installation and maintenance. So at the same time, if not already done, as Stephanie alluded to, that would be better, but if not already done, uh, the Secretariat will provide the training materials to Lantra. And during that pre-assessment timeframe, so that sort of three month timeframe where we work through the start of the technical assessment, Lantra will confirm to us 
uh, whether the training material submitted meets the requirements of the training organisation. There's really the two additional steps in that stage. There's the step of ASVAP reviewing that training material to ensure it's going to result in those good installation practices that we're looking for, and two, Lancer ensuring that that material is suitable for delivery uh, by the training organisation. The final technical and risk assessment is undertaken by the entire panel at a panel meeting, and the outcomes may now include uh, additional training material requirements or clarification um, on, on such matters. So if the product or the, the variation to the product is recommended for acceptance, the standard documentation is created. So there's no additional documentation that ASBAP will be creating as a result of this process. And in many ways at this point, our role somewhat ends in that it's the proponent's role to coordinate with Lantra on the adoption of that training material through the, organ, uh, through the ATP and then the road agency's role to determine the installer accreditation requirements sort of within their jurisdiction. I suspect similar to ASBAP in itself, which many know has, has evolved and changed over more than a decade, if not maybe two, um, we'll probably find efficiencies or improvements or slightly different ways of doing things as we go, and that's fine. I'm pretty sure we can, we can adapt as required. But for sort of this go live or this initial phase, uh, on the next slide, you'll see um, the portal upgrade. So currently the portal now includes the additional tab, and you may have already seen it, um, which talks about the AshTest training material. And once you click on that tab, the box sort of to the right of the screen there pops up, and that's where the training material needs to be attached. And as you can see there, that training material needs to be a PowerPoint presentation or a PDF document. They're the only two file types that can be uploaded. And just to reiterate, or as I said earlier, if you don't need training material as part of your submission, for whatever reason that may be, be very specific about it in the product submission cover letter. So the intent is after this webinar, so sometime over the next couple of days, hopefully this week, all the existing proponents that are within the portal will receive confirmation from the Secretariat that training material is now required as part of future product submissions. And we'll also upload a new guidelines for digital submission, which will include sort of the steps that I've just spoken about. Uh, so that's really just a quick overview. And at that point, I think I'll hand to Evan to sort of start the discussion on the jurisdictional adoption. No worries. Thank you, Jay. So hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Evan Coulson. I'm from Department of Transport in Victoria. Um, and today I just wanted to talk about sort of our, remind everyone of our commitment um, to AshTAS. In Department of Transport and, and formerly Vic Roads, you know, we've been committed to AshTAS for, for several years now and we were key um, to getting this initiative off the ground and justifying the value both to Victoria uh, as well as Australasia. We know and we acknowledge that barriers are evolving and have evolved over the years and have become more complex. Um, they've been designed for more stringent crash testing and to provide safer outcomes for occupants. And so the installation and maintenance of those barriers is absolutely critical uh, in Victoria and, and across Australasia. We've installed and rolled out significant amounts of barrier across our network and we continue to roll out a significant amount of roadside and median safety barriers. And we're going to need to install and maintain those uh, for their design life. So this scheme is absolutely critical and we are fully on board for 
um, embedding this within Victoria. Now let's talk about some timelines. We've gone out and talked to our project teams and programs, um, and we've decided to align these timelines with the financial year. This helps our project teams smoothly integrate um, these requirements into their current contracts and also to prepare new contracts where generally they align with the financial year. So today I'm reminding and um, informing industry that DOT is committed to this scheme uh, and we will be implementing this scheme into our contracts and into our projects in the coming months. Over the next six months from January to June, we'll be encouraging industry to get their AshTAS accreditation. As Landra mentioned, this doesn't happen overnight. Uh, and we need a healthy mix of operatives as well as installers across Victoria that can undertake this work. In July 2023, so seven months from now, we'll be updating our specifications to allow AshTAS accredited installers to sign off on installations in lieu of getting a certificate of compliance from the system supply. This allows installers and crews to sign off more rapidly without needing to wait for that independent assessment from the supplier to make sure that the barrier has in fact been installed. And in AshTAS accredited installer we would trust in and therefore can sign off in lieu. That will occur for 12 months. And by July 2024, so about 18 months from now, uh, we'll be mandating the AshTAS scheme. Um, we'll be updating our specifications, 708, 711 and relevant sections, where only AshTAS accredited personnel will be able to install, repair and maintain the relevant safety barriers on our network. Obviously the wording for that and making sure we have embedded that schemes requirements into our contracts we're still working on and we'll continue to work with our internal partners on implementing that um, and making sure we mandate that within our specifications and relevant documents. So yeah, thank you. Keep an eye out, I guess, from us. Um, we do want to roll this out, but I'll hand over to Jay to talk a bit about New South Wales. Thanks, Devin, and hi again, everyone. Um, I've got my transport hat on for this part of the presentation, and just to sort of, um, similar to Evan's words, transport uh, for New South Wales sees safety barriers as a key part of our safety vision and our safety strategy, and we're committed to ensure that these systems are installed and maintained appropriately. Um, however, today I'm not able to share too many specifics about the transport pathway to mandating the accreditation because we're not quite there yet. But what I can share is the clause that's, that's on the slide right now. And, and there's a whole heap of words there, but sort of at the bottom it says, you know, installers will need to be part of AshTAS when it becomes available. And that clause is already in Transport's current and future uh, tender specifications for delivering construction of road safety barriers. So I'm hoping that gives confidence to industry that Transport is serious about the scheme and we're serious and committed to implementing it. Uh, my hope is, in all reality, so I guess more my personal hope is that um, to support industry and to support harmonisation and, and given that we get a lot of crossover in personnel between the two states that we might be able to closely align to that Victorian pathway. And I know Evan had a step there around um, incentivising for people with not requiring the certificates of compliance and I know that we don't 
We wouldn't be able to do that. We don't have the certificate of compliance in New South Wales as a requirement. However, uh, my thought is that as those more and more people become accredited, um, they really would become more of a preferred supplies list on the lead up to any mandated crossover um, for transport projects. So not a whole lot I can share at this point, but a commitment from transport uh, to implement into the future. Uh, so I might, I think I'm handing over to Chris or Michael sort of to give the final wrap up um, before questions. And I thank all of our presenters, um, Chris and Stephanie, um, yeah, Jade, Evan, thank you for that. I hope it's been useful for you out there. Um, so just to recap very quickly, um, the main things you need to know, AshTAS is open for business. Training material is ready and training providers are signed up and the accreditation architecture is in place. Um, the second thing, we're now in a transition period. So following the announcement today, Austro's members will be encouraging and incentivizing barrier installers to be AshTAS trained and accredited. So this is the first step on our path to mandating and more training modules will be progressively added. Okay, barrier install. Today we have three training providers on the next slide um, and Lantra training providers directly or go to the Lantra website to find out more. Finally, I just wanted to acknowledge the efforts of all of our members, in particular those who've been involved in the steering committee that's helped us get to this point today. It has been a long journey and a lot of work has happened. So I'd like to single out a few key people with their significant contributions. Daniel Kassar from Victoria, um, who was really the, the one who kicked this initiative off um, on the ground initially and establishing, helped us establish an agreement with Lantra. I'd like to thank Evan Coulson and Julian Chisnell uh, for their efforts in um, sharing the AshTest Steering Committee. Uh, and some of the um, Industry members of our steering committee particularly want to call out John Dignam, Graham Rush, Ian McLean, Paul Hansen, uh, and Sue Walker. Some of you are online now. So thank you so much for your efforts in developing this scheme and making sure it's suitable for Australia uh, and reviewing the, the training material. What's happening. I just wanted to quickly give uh, um, in New Zealand, and unfortunately, our colleagues from New Zealand were not about it. I can give a quick update to the New Zealand FLAD fully supports the introduction of AshTAS. The training materials are developed using their own internally resourced training packages to complement the AshTAS content. We'll continue working with Wakatahi to develop and progress the AshTAS initiative into other areas of road safety hardware design, such as install installation design, maintenance, inspection, and auditing. So thanks everyone for your attention. I, I do see quite a few questions have come in, uh, and we'll, we'll get to some of those, and we're not gonna get to all of them, uh, but we will um, respond in, in writing, we'll post our answers to these questions. Uh, there's a, Michael. I'm talking about temporary um, barriers. I might, um, so whether I might go to turn cameras on now.
And, and you know, Michael, lightened out temporary escalation days. Michael, we're getting quite a lot of breakup from you, so I might just um, ask you to turn your camera off. That might just help um, get your get you some bandwidth. Thanks. Okay. Um, so yeah, Robert or Stephanie, it, would you like to help us with a question? Some questions we're getting around um, whether temporary barriers will be in scope. Um, yes, yeah, sorry, could you um, ask the question again about temporary barriers? I think the question from Michael was just are they in scope for the training at this stage, Stephanie? Um, the, they haven't been signed off to be um, developed at this stage. We ha I haven't got a time frame for a temporary barrier. Um, Chris, they will what? they will form they will form part of the scheme and will be developed yeah. in sort of 2023 yeah that, that that's correct um, they are part of the scheme and they're just uh, in in the pipeline at the moment we seem to have lost michael for a bit um, oh, I'm uh, uh, oh you're there i'm here if there's any more trouble you just take over please elena and we'll see how we'll we go <laughs> Thank yeah, you. so there's, look, there's other questions. Okay, guys, I'm not sure that um, I can't hear Michael, and I'm assuming that others can't as well. Michael, we might get you to leave and try and come in again. I wonder again, um, I think questions about the what's next, or when, when are we adding new modules? Again, if we can go to um, Robert and Stephanie, are you and Evan Andles um, um, doing things for In, in terms of what's next, we've got the um, four main um, generic modules for the uh, installer developed, and we are, as Stephanie said, working with the proprietors um, to develop proprietary um, products. And we are you know, encouraging through this um, webinar and through other means, other proprietors to come forward so we can start developing their proprietary products. Um, I think as discussed, we've also got a designer and inspector uh, modules to be developed um, through 23-24, but work hasn't started on those as yet. Okay, well, thank you, Robert. Can you also add, we've got some more questions for you. Um, who bears the cost of the training? Um, the, well, <laughs> it's an interesting question because the, the, the employer would bear the, the cost of the, the training, but then I suspect much as in the UK, that cost will then get passed on to the commissioner of the installation of the barriers. Yeah, thanks, Robert. And also for you, does the installation company need to gain access to accreditation or just its employees? Um, another interesting one. Um, in in the UK, the um, contractors um, are accredited to the scheme, but we we are not in that. You know, we're 30 years down the line. Um, for Australasia, um, certainly initially, it's the employees, it's the actual operatives and installers that are accredited, uh, but not the employer at this point. 
Okay, thank you. Um, there's a question here about timeframes for adoption. Uh, we don't have every jurisdiction online, but what I can say about um, future adoption, uh, every um, Austro's member, so every state and territory in Australia and New Zealand have committed to ASHTAS and signed that off, and we are now in this transition phase. Um, Evan has given us uh, a clear indication of how things will work in um, in Victoria, and, and Jade has also given that indication. What what I can say is that we will be seeing every jurisdiction implement things at their own pace, uh, and I'd say in pretty close alignment with each other. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's um, it's. It's in your interest as a, as an installer to get your training soon because you will be seeing um, a range of incentives offered. Um, you'll, be, you'll be a preferred um, supplier. So I'm just trying to see. There's a lot of questions that are staying, so just trying to check if there's anything else. Um, Mike, there is a question again. Sorry, go on, Chris. No, I was going to say there's a question that. I've just seen, um, which I think is pertinent for Lantra because it probably is resonating with all the suppliers of uh, road safety barriers. And if I can ask it, I think there's about five or six questions that are all the same sort of uh, flavour. But um, uh, so are you happy for me just to ask the question? Yeah, thank you, Chris. I'll, I'll just read it out, Robert and Stephanie, and um, rather than trying to. Um, so. It says, uh, hi, I'm a supplier and wanted to ask if our proprietary material is not ready yet for ASHDAS training module B, then can installers still sign up, sign off before June 2023? What is the cutoff for approved proprietary training material to be completed as some suppliers have many products? So in essence, if you can just expand uh, Stephanie and, and Robert on how a supplier can engage with you, what are the pathways and what are the expectations and the timeframes? Um, okay, the proprietor can contact us now with any product that they um, want to develop their training and they can do that over a, um, a stage process, so not necessarily everything in one go. And we obviously suggest that their most um, frequently installed products are ones they start with. Um, as Stephanie said, there are templates which they can use um, to develop the training themselves, which we will then review and feed feedback comments on, which is probably the, the quickest way. Um, and we would probably suggest you start with one product. So if you're going to do it that way, um, you know, we make sure that works effectively. Alternatively, you can contact us and we will discuss how we can develop those products uh, with you. When there is a, a time lag, and obviously you would imagine that if a lot of proprietors suddenly contact us at the same time, that'll um, stretch that time frame. But we probably work in about a three month time frame to get proprietary products um, developed and signed off if we're from a good starting point. In terms of whether products can be signed off if the individuals haven't had the training, that actually flips back to what the various states and jurisdictions, and jurisdictions decide in terms of their implementation program. Um, obviously, for uh, Victoria, as announced from July 2024, they wouldn't be allowed to um, sign off installation of product if they haven't gone through the, the training. So there is a definitive date that Victoria have announced for that process. 
Yeah, yeah thanks, Robert. I was just going to elaborate, given there was that that date element, and I guess if it was um, July 2024, then you know you wouldn't be able to install that product on our network because we'd be mandating it. Um, but as for that 2023 date, where we will allow Ashtaz accredited um, installers in lieu of certificates of compliance, there might be a hybrid scenario where, you know, I believe the Ashtaz accreditation scheme shows which products you have been trained in. Um, if you are accredited in that product, then you can sign off for the installation of that product. If you are not, then you would need to get the certificate of compliance for that product. Um, and I guess that would probably be the scenario that would work for that sort of that year long um, transition from 2023 to 2024. There was also another question, um, again, for Lantra. Uh, it refers to, um, obviously, someone's jumped online as, as we've been talking and and gone to your approved training providers' websites and looked for availability, pricing, and when the next course is available. And um, they're just asking when that information will be available uh, on the individual approved training providers' websites. That's just like chicken and egg um, <laughs> scenario, because I, I think um, the uh, approved training providers are kind of waiting to see what what response is from the jurisdictions and, and when it's mandated in terms of what demand's going to come through before they can actually necessarily uh, establish um, courses. So I think for those that are, are interested, it's best to kind of email those approved training providers to see what their, their plans are. Um, and in terms of prices, you know, that is down to the approved training provider to set the price. And obviously it will vary depending on what the individual employer uh, wants um, in terms of whether they do want it face-to-face -face or whether they're happy to do the e-learning for the operative, for, for example. Um, so because of the relatively low numbers of operatives and installers and because of the, the stretched out nature of the um, implementation, I expect it to be more of a discussion than actually expecting to see courses necessarily there ready to kind of jump onto, if that makes sense. I guess it's fair to assume now that we have uh, launched the product and, uh, uh, and I, I can see that the attendees also include a number of uh, ATPs and also potential ATPs that they're probably realising as a market. So I'm, uh, I'm assuming they will very quickly update their websites and start uh, making announcements. Yes, hopefully following this sort of um, webinar and announcement and being sort of widely more widely understood in the industry that you know some of those ATPs might indeed um, from this feedback start putting some some courses out there for people to book onto particularly operative course which is kind of the starting point. Uh, Michael uh, over to you. Okay well thank you um, everybody this I, I think we've probably covered off the the crucial questions I think you um yeah, we'll we'll provide extra information on our website and, and on the Lantra website. Uh, the, the the program will develop some momentum, as you you've heard. 
Uh, so I thank you for that. We'll post um, written responses to all of your questions um, in the next couple of days. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I'll hand back to Elena now for the final wrap up. Thank you. Thanks very much. And thank you, everybody. Thanks, Stephanie, Robert, Chris, uh, Evan and Jade for your time today. Really great, great presentation. And as Michael mentioned, if we didn't get to answer your question, we will do that in writing and we'll share those responses with everybody who registered for the session today. So just before I close off, I just wanted to let you know about um, the uh, upcoming webinars. With This is our last webinar for the year, but we do have a number um, in preparation for next year. So keep an eye out on our website for the um, sessions for 2023 or sign up for Roadwatch Insights. Um, you can do that on our website and that will give you uh, an email with upcoming sessions. We've got some great sessions coming up on the use of recycled uh, car tyres in Ashfeld and uh, another session on a different way of measuring rainfall in road design drainage. So um, thanks everybody for attending today. Thank you very much um, for those of you who join us nearly every session. We've had about 30 webinar sessions this year. Um, we'll let you know when our, the recording of this webinar is available. And um, just wanted to say, I hope that you all have a wonderful uh, holiday that's coming up and um, that you stay safe and enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you back in 2023. And as I close up, a survey will pop up that just asks you for some feedback on today's session. It's really helpful if you can give us that feedback and we use that to plan our next session. So thanks everybody. Um, have a great day and we'll see you back in 2023.